The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. about every prayer answered. How many of you have been enjoying the series so far? Man, it's been fun. I've been having a good time. In fact, we got a testimony. Uh, I wish I could read that quickly, but we got a testimony from uh, 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 Tarisai, one of her friends, had given up on prayer. Let me see if I can pull it up uh, quickly. It says, I have a uh, testimony from a friend who lost her mother to cancer two years ago. She's been so sad and broken. She struggled to pray and grew distant from God. I shared every prayer answered with her uh, and the sermons on prayer and the devotions. She sent me a message saying she has been listening to uh, the messages and started praying again and taking steps to dream and believe in God's promises again. Man, that's awesome. That's an awesome testimony there of someone who's been enjoying uh, this series. So we thank uh, God for that. So in that same breath, we're continuing to talk about uh, every prayer answered. We've already touched on five different uh, kinds of prayer. We talked about the prayer of consecration last week. Man, that was my absolute favorite. You don't have to try and map a way for yourself. You can just follow the leadership and the leading of the Holy Spirit to a place of success. And that's what we see in Scripture. And it's just encouraging to know that God has a plan uh, like that for every single one of us uh, here this morning. And uh, so we talked about the prayer of petition, which is the prayer of asking. We talked about meditation as prayer. Uh, we also talked about intercession, uh, the prayer of intercession, you know. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, the prayer of praise and thanksgiving. And today we're talking about two kinds of prayers. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about a, a kind of prayer that I didn't even put in my book. I didn't realize that it was a kind of prayer until last week I was meditating on the Word and just kind of going through Scripture, and the Holy Spirit pointed out to me uh, that I should teach on this kind of prayer. Uh, it's called the prayer of binding and loosing, and we're also going to talk about the prayer of agreement, the prayer of agreement. And so quickly, let's go now to Matthew chapter number 18, and I want to read from verse 19. Matthew chapter number 18, verse 19. We know that Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 18 in the NIV tells us that there are different kinds of prayer uh, that we should pray. He says, pray on all occasions uh, with all the different kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and also keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so there are different kinds of prayers, and we say these different kinds of prayers uh, like the different sports disciplines we have in the world. And uh, as many as there are sports disciplines in the world, they also come with regulations of how to play uh, this sport. And for you to have benefit, uh, maximum benefit and success in a particular uh, sport discipline, you're going to have to learn the guidelines and the rules and the regulations. Amen? You can't apply basketball rules and regulations playing soccer. You may, but you're not going to have good success. Amen? You're just going to go against the, the, the regulations and it will limit your results. I said something very interesting in my book. I say that praying the wrong way will not only limit your results, but it will also frustrate your prayer life. 
So you don't want to pray the wrong way. Amen? You want to pray the right way in these different kinds of prayers. So quickly, Matthew chapter number 18. I want to read from verse 19. Man, today is going to be good. This is Jesus speaking, and he starts off with these words, assuredly. Now, everything that Jesus said is a sure thing, but when the master says assuredly, he's trying to draw your attention on a truth, a principle that he is about to share. He does not want you to miss it. Amen? And so Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. It's interesting that he didn't say whatsoever God binds in heaven. Uh, will be bound in heaven. He didn't say that. He said, whatsoever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. So there is a place in prayer to where you, you can begin to, to bind things and begin to loose things. It's called the prayer of binding and loosing. It's also known as the prayer of using the authority of the believer to change circumstances. Scripture says in Mark 11 verse 24, uh, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall believe in his heart that he will have those things which he says, he shall have whatsoever he says. Amen? And so there is a place in our lives as Christians where we need to address the mountain. Amen? A lot of people are attempting to uh, climb up the mountain, but you won't find that verse. <laughs> he doesn't want you to climb up the mountain. He wants you to speak to the mountain. Amen? And get it out of the way. And some of you may be wondering, what is a mountain? A mountain is just a, a, a problem that is in front of you. Uh, when you have problems, it may be financial problems. Sometimes you have health problems. God is, he has given you the authority to address that problem. And this is why, you know, sometimes when I'm praying for the sick, I hardly ever talk to God in praying for the sick. You know why? Because God has already done everything you will ever do for the sick person to get healed. And he did it 2,000 years ago. It's no point addressing him today. But what he has done is he has given us the authority to address the sickness. So when I'm praying for the sick, I usually address the sickness. I usually rebuke the sickness and I tell it it has no place in the body. It has no authority in the body and I command it to go. It's the same way we deal with demons. We don't talk to God about demons. We address the demons. And so God has bestowed upon all of his children this amazing, amazing authority to speak to mountains. Amen? I said amen. And now if you go to Philippians chapter number 2 verse 9, we're going to see some really... Uh, cool things here in Philippians, uh, chapter number 2, verse 9, before we uh, go to verse 19 of Matthew 18. Uh, Philippians, chapter number 2, verse 9, he says, Wherefore, God has also highly exalted him, him being Jesus. So God exalted uh, Jesus, amen, and given him a name which is above every name. Man, there is power in that name. And we know that that name is the name of Jesus. Amen? Remember Peter and John, they got to the gate called Beautiful. They found a man impotent from his legs, and they spoke to him, and they said these words, Silver and gold have we not, but such as I have in the name of Jesus 
I command you to pick up your bed and walk. Rise up and walk. And scripture says the man got up and walked. What did they do? They used their authority to address the man's situation, and it changed instantly. They didn't look unto heaven and start talking to God about this man uh, who was impotent. They started addressing uh, the issue at hand. Amen? So that's how you use and navigate the prayer of binding and loosing. You use the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is not just a nice sign-off that we use, you know, like when you're writing email, and then when you get to the end, you say, kind regards. A lot of people think the name of Jesus is just a nice sign-off to prayer. You know, it's just something we do to sign out, peace out, in the name of Jesus. No, when you start invoking the name of Jesus, what you're doing is you're standing in the authority in the name of Jesus. And how many of you know that there is authority in the name of Jesus? There is not only authority, there is influence in the name of Jesus to change situations. Can I get an amen? I was sharing in the first service and I said, you know, a few years ago, I think two years ago, my, my wife will correct me if, I'm, if I may uh, miss the dates, but two years ago we went for vacation as a family uh, to a place in Durban and uh, while we were there, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the manager of the place, uh, you know, started liking our family. He just drew towards us and he started uh, uh, just talking to us all the time. We'd see him. And the one night he invited us to go to his office. So we went uh, to his office and we were talking to this guy. And uh, he asked us, he said, so what are you going to do after this? And we said, we're going to go for dinner. And he said, where are you going to go for dinner? And we said, we're going to go to uh, Spur. And he said, why don't you go to the uh, uh, buffet at the hotel? And so we said to him, well, we're going to do that tomorrow. Well, that wasn't the right answer. The right answer was it was about 800 rand a pop <laughs> to eat at the hotel, okay? So that's why we didn't go. And so this guy said, hey, listen, I want to invite you to go tonight, and uh, uh, I'm gonna, it's going to be on me. And we said, oh, cool, we'll go. And uh, he said, what you need to do is to go over into the restaurant and just tell them that so-and-so send you. So we went into the restaurant. I kid you not, when we walked into the restaurant, uh, we didn't get any attention. I mean, the people just kind of ignored us, and it was just like, you know, whatever. And we went and we sat down, and one of the waiters came to talk to us. And they said, hey, listen, uh, what, what, what would you like to eat tonight? Are you on the set menu or are you on the buffet? We said, well, we're on the buffet and such and such sanders. Man, you should have seen the people. They almost fell over themselves tripped over themselves to try and help us. There was such a radical change of attitude in how they treated us because we had a name of Mr. Such and Such. But let me tell you, you have a name that's greater than that hotel manager. And it's the name of Jesus. Amen? I said amen. Listen, with the name of Jesus, man, you have all the influence that you need. The name of Jesus is the, all the authority to move the mountains. Amen? And watch what he says in Philippians 2 verse 10. Man, this is awesome. So it's not just a nice sign-off, nice little thing that we do as believers, you know, in the name of Jesus. You know, it's just, no, it's not a fashion statement. There is authority you are invoking when you say in the name of Jesus. Amen? It's a legal uh, transaction. It puts you in a place of authority. It is as if Jesus himself is standing there saying what you are about to say. Amen? Now watch what he says in verse 10. He says, uh, uh, God has given him, Jesus, a name which is above every other name. Uh, that is the name of Jesus, every. Someone say every. Not some knees. Every knee should bow. 
And that word bow implies should submit or should come into submission. Amen? Every knee should come into submission. Watch this now. It's about to get good. Of things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth. In other words, the name of Jesus works everywhere. In heaven, in earth, and in under the earth. Man, you can use the name of Jesus. See, with the name of that hotel manager, it only works at that hotel. I couldn't use it with the traffic cops. I wish. But the name of Jesus works everywhere. Man, the Bible is the biggest DIY book. DIY, do it yourself. The Bible will equip you and empower you to begin to live your life victoriously, especially when you start learning these things that we are talking about. God has bestowed upon you the authority in the name of Jesus. Man, things no longer have to dominate you. If there was no name of Jesus, I mean things in the heavens, things on the earth, and things in the underworld could dominate you. But things don't have to dominate you. You know why? Because you have been given the name of Jesus. A person. Man, this makes you a bad man, a bad woman. When you have the name of Jesus, man, you have authority. You have power. And you should never, ever allow life to bully you when you have the name of Jesus. Man, I used to let life bully me. I used to be afraid of flying. Man, I swear I could drive to Cape Town 18 hours. Just, you, just don't get me on that plane. I'm not going on that plane. Especially if I'm not the one driving. Man, I'm not, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not getting on that plane. Oh, man, I used to be afraid of water. That's what some of you are still are, and I'm telling you, you don't have to be. You don't have to let life terrorize you. I used to be afraid of water. Just watching, you know, those people that go sea diving, and they go into the uh, uh, uttermost deep parts of the sea, and they're having a good time. Just watching them, not even me on the water, just watching them almost got me drowning and sitting at my couch, just <laughs> running out of breath. What happened? I was letting things dominate me. There are some people who never drive on the freeway because they're afraid of all these cars that are driving past them. Oh, man, man, you have the name of Jesus. You shouldn't let life bully you. You have the name of Jesus. You should stand and take authority. And say, in the name of Jesus, fear, I command you to go. And then act boldly. Can I get an amen? At verse 19, let's go back to Matthew chapter number 18, verse 19. Now we're going to go to the next kind of prayer. This one, I didn't even put it in my book. I didn't even uh, see it when I wrote the book, but you can uh, uh, take a note, uh, study further. And uh, it's called the prayer of binding and uh, loosing. Verse 19 uh, of Matthew chapter number 18. We're getting ready to get into uh, our business for today. The prayer of agreement. Someone say agreement. The prayer of agreement, it says in verse 19, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. 
This is Jesus speaking. He says, I truly, truly, I tell you, everything that Jesus said was the truth. And if he has to say, truly, I tell you, he's trying to get you to pay attention to this spiritual principle. Amen? He says, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father, uh, which is in heaven. I'm getting ready to read a quotation I literally pulled out of uh, Andrew Womack's living commentary. And this is what he says about uh, verse 19. And listen carefully. He said, agreement is powerful, but we need to be careful. Agreement can work for us or against us. If you share your doctor's report with the average church prayer chain, you will get a lot of agreement that you are going to die. And man, it's much more hilarious if you hear it in Andrew's voice and accent. He says we need to be selective about who we ask to agree with us. Did you hear that? He said we need to be selective about who we ask to agree with us. A lot of people don't think I have problems because I just don't share my problems with them. You should only share problems with people that have the capacity to believe with you for a solution. Hallelujah. I put a Facebook post, I think it was on Tuesday, uh, I said uh, uh, on Facebook, I said, if you are sitting in a boat with your friends, Facebook friends, and Jesus said, come, walk on water, what would your friends say? And man, I got some hilarious answer, answers from those who were truthful. Everybody else was just trying to be spiritual. They were like, my friends would say, go for it. My friends would say, come on, amen, Jesus. And then the few truthful ones were like, okay, my friends would say, wait, let me take my phone. I got to film this. I've got to film you sinking. How many of you know that it's not wise for me to share my big dream uh, for a prayer of agreement with someone who's about to watch me? Man, they are betting for me to sink. I'm not going to share my big dream with them. Amen? I said amen. Man, God has given you a big dream. Some of you, God has told you you're going to remarry. And you try to go share that with your family. Your own family. I'm not even talking about a Facebook friend. You try and go share that with your own family. They're going to tear that dream down. They're not even going to believe God with you. And yet you have a word from God. Your own family is going to be, who, who do you think you are? You already blew your, your previous marriage. You already blew two of your previous marriages. before. What makes you think you're going to get a third chance from? Well, God is the one who told me. And guess what? When you have a big dream, you're trying to believe God for some supernatural. Man, you need to find some crazy faith folk to believe with you and to go to battle with. After Wealth Builders, we were sitting around with uh, Kali and Ashley Terades. And Kali was sharing with us the story of, of how this baby died in the middle of a conference, a healing conference at, at Caris Bible College. Baby literally died. And you, if you know Kali, she was like, how rude to Farah. This baby just died in the middle of our conference. And so they called the baby up to the front, laid hands on the baby, and the baby came back to life. Man, I can go to battle with people like that. Amen? Crazy, crazy, crazy people. Here's what someone else said. Uh, he said, uh, if I'm sitting in the boat with my Facebook friends, and Jesus said, come, walk on water. Someone would say, you're taking this way too serious. This was done many years ago. See, they don't believe that the supernatural power of God is still in operation today. They don't believe that. Say, oh, yeah, it happened a long, long, long time. No, I believe the supernatural power of God is present today. 
And then someone else, I think this was Q, he said, uh, some will mock me. Uh, and then he puts in brackets, I already have one person in mind. Well, don't share uh, your dreams with that one person. Because sometimes we share these dreams with people uh, just to draw sympathy. But how many of you know that sympathy has no results? We're talking about faith in action to get some results. And Facebook friends, all, they, all they're going to say, I'm not, you know, I'm not against Facebook, but I'm just saying, uh, all you know, unbelieving friends, all they're going to say is, oh, shame. It makes you feel good. They'll give you a hug. But listen, when I'm on a deathbed, I don't want a hug. I need a healing. Amen? And so I'm going to go with people that I believe in God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm telling you. And then the last one, this one is hilarious. Someone said, uh, my friends would say, man, you've got to use some wisdom. Translated to today, what they're saying is, you've got to add a little bit of carnality. Because they think walking on water is not wisdom. No, walking on water is wisdom. Walking on the word of God is the highest form of wisdom. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by what we see, smell, taste, hear, or touch. We walk by what the word of God says. Amen? And so we need to be careful when we're talking about the prayer of agreement you need to be careful who you uh, touch and agree with. And I'm not talking about being foolish, okay? I was born in the night, but not last night. I know the difference between foolishness, presumptuous, and faith. I'm not talking about you being just foolish or presumptuous. I'm talking about you walking in faith based on the word of God. Amen? And so you want to look for friends that will say, go for it. You want to look for friends that will say, hey, I'm going to hold your hand and we are all going to walk on water together. Can I get an amen? And so in this prayer, you're not looking for sympathy. You're looking for results. And you need to be careful who you touch and agree with. Let's go quickly to Luke chapter number 5. And I'm going to read from verse 17. Luke chapter number 5, uh, verse 17. Let me show you who you're looking for uh, to pray this prayer. These are the people you're looking for to pray uh, the prayer of agreement. It says, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, he being Jesus, uh, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law, religious teachers, uh, sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, uh, Judea, and Jerusalem. And watch what it says right after that. It says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Man, the power of God is always, someone say always. It's always present to heal. It's called grace. Grace is always available to perform. It says the power of the Lord uh, was present in that building uh, to heal. Verse 18. Then behold, men brought on a bed or a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. Now, what's interesting about a stretcher is if you put four men to hold a carrier stretcher, all four have to be in total agreement to make any kind of progress. If one says, well, I'm tired, the other three who are fired up have to put it down. 
and wait for the one to be in agreement. That's the picture of the prayer of agreement. It's not you walking up to me, and a lot of people do this, walking up to me and say, Pastor, will you please touch and agree with me uh, that I'm going to get a job? Essentially what they mean by that is, Pastor, I'm throwing over this prayer request to you. You do the work, I'm going to be over here eating pop, chakalak, and buruvos, and uh, all the other good stuff. No, no, no. When you join in, in the prayer of agreement, you are all joining together. And you are all putting your hands on the plow. Never let it go until you see the full manifestation of that thing. It's a covenantal agreement. It's not a shallow, will you please agree with me? And then, yeah, I agree with you. No, it's deeper than that. Amen? I said amen. And so the four men decided they were going to hold the, the stretcher and take the man to Jesus. All four of them were in complete, total agreement. And watch what happens. Man, this is good. Uh, verse, verse 19. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Man, all four of them decided we have a plan because we can't get through the crowd. Uh, there's so much commotion and chaos, but we know the power of God is present to heal. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go over on the roof of this building. We're going to take off the tiles off of this building, and we're going to lower the man down so that he gets healed. Now, when I asked that Facebook question about walking on water, some of you didn't get the opportunity to respond because you didn't see the post or whatever. I'm going to present this one uh, uh, for those in the building today. If you were to tell your Facebook friends, I'm just using Facebook, it could be Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, or Twitter. If you were to tell the Twitter crew, the woke ones, right? If you were to tell the Twitter folk, hey, listen, my friend is sick. Jesus is in that building and tweet. We have a plan here to get the man healed. We're going to tear off the roof of the building so we can lower him to get healed. What are your Twitter followers going to say? They're going to say you're crazy. Some of them are going to say, man, you're about to get sued. You're not going to get any encouragement. Amen? And you can't go to war, particularly on this prayer of agreement, with, with people who aren't fully persuaded that you should be getting healed. And these are the kind of people that I want. Man, if I ever get sick, man, I want some faith-filled uh, people to come to my bed. I don't want anybody looking all miserable and pitiful. Man, have you ever seen all these people sometimes looking at the sick? They're looking at the sick like, man, you are, you are, you, you are about to die, man. You are a hopeless case. I don't want, listen, if you can't control your emotions, don't visit me. I want y'all smiling, cracking jokes. I want y'all living life because I want to live. I don't want to die. Amen. I want some fired up people. And so they decided we're going to remove the tiles and we're going to lower him down. This is what we're going to do. This is our plan. So they went, lowered him down. And it's interesting what happens in verse 20. It says, when Jesus saw their faith. Man, you can see faith. You can perceive faith. He says, when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven to you? 
or to say, rise up and walk. For them, it was easier to say, rise up and walk, than to say your sins are forgiven because they didn't understand grace. You had to at least keep the 613 laws to be qualified as anything that is uh, their sins forgiven. And so Jesus here was going for the kill. He's going for the big one. You know why? Because in your salvation is also the power to heal. And if you could receive salvation, you can receive your healing. Because the word salvation is the Greek word sozo, which means to be delivered, which means to be given eternal life, which means to be prospered, but it also means to be healed. And so if Jesus uh, goes for the kill, sozo, it also includes your healing. But for them, they couldn't believe that Jesus had the power to heal because they thought that uh, to, to, to uh, forgive sin, because they thought that forgiveness of sin uh, came through uh, 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 working and earning it. It doesn't come through working and earning it. It's already been paid for uh, by grace, but we have to step uh, into it. And watch what he says here in uh, verse 24. But that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. So the person uh, 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 who has the prayer request also has to do some believing. We can't all just believe for you, and you don't even believe what we are believing for you. He, he, he must also be ready to act on the grace instruction. So when Jesus said to him, Arise, take up your bed and walk. The man can't say, hey, I don't like arising. And I don't like picking up my bed. So I'm going to stay here. You make me get healed. No, you have to act on it. So the man got up and acted on it. Man, this is good. Verse 25. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, departed to his own house, glorifying God. Man, healing glorifies God. Sickness does not glorify God. Amen? He got healed, started glorifying God. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God. And were filled with fear. You know, reverential fear. Saying, we have seen strange things today. In closing, I'm going to read two more scriptures. And then we'll be out of here. Amen? Acts chapter number 1 verse 14. Something funny happened. Uh, on Friday in my household, my wife thought that uh, uh, today was Father's Day. And so she came to me, and I don't know anything about Father's Day. I'm not looking at the calendar or anything. And so she, she and the kids uh, put together a big party for me today. So I've got to finish this service quickly so I can go home and enjoy my Father's Day lunch. And I'm having oxtail today, man. I, you know... <laughs> Better be glad I'm preaching so hard. <laughs> I really wanted to preach a 10-minute sermon and get up out of here and eat some oxtail. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm celebrating Father's Day one week in advance. She only found out in the evening. She only found out later on in the evening. She, she, she was talking to uh, some people on, on Zoom, and then they said, hey, why are you late? She said, because I had gone to get uh, Father's Day uh, cooking stuff. She says, wait, one week in advance? She said, no, Father's Day is tomorrow. I said, no, it's only not until next week. So Father's Day today. I'm excited. Looking forward to going back home. Amen. 
Acts chapter number 1, verse 14. Watch. This is a picture that we see in the early church. And I think this is very important uh, for me to share with you this morning. It's very, very important. If you catch this, man, it's, it's, it's going to help you on your journey being a Christian and so on and so forth. It says in Acts chapter number 1, verse 14, uh, talking about the disciples, these all continued uh, uh, with one accord. And we said again in the first service, this is not one wonder accord. When he says one accord, he's talking about they were of one mind and one spirit. Amen? They all believed. Just like the four men picking up the stretcher and carrying the stretcher. They were in agreement, total agreement. He says they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. With all the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. How many of you know that all means all? There were no commentators and no spectators. Christianity is a participation sport, if you really want to enjoy it. They were all in one accord. Everybody was doing something. Everybody was, was promoting uh, this spirit of unity. Amen? It says they all continued. The word continued there is in the Greek proskastereo, and it means to be earnest towards, to persevere, to be constantly diligent. So they were persevering towards unity. Unity and being in agreement is one of the most powerful things we can ever have as the body of Christ. I'm not just talking about as the local church. I'm talking about the global body of Christ. We have to learn how to be in agreement and how to be in unity. It's sad to see uh, uh, that, you know, the body of Christ doesn't get along very much, the church. And yet we are praying for a revival. And yet we are neglecting the very thing that's the integral part of any revival if you read scripture. It says it again in Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. It's important to mention that the miracle of Pentecost happened because they were in the upper room, all in one accord and all of them with one mind and one spirit. And yet, there's a statistic out there that says 11 o'clock Sunday morning, is the most segregated time, hour, 11 to 12, is the most segregated hour uh, in North America. Why? Because the uh, Koreans go to Korean church, the Hispanics go to Hispanics church, the blacks go to black church, the whites go to white church. Man, it ought not to be so. No black church, no white church. This is the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ain't no rich church, poor church. Amen? Jesus doesn't classify them uh, according to an Indian church. No, there's nothing like that. And we even have the audacity, the unmitigated goal to have associations around these things. The Indian Churches Association of North America. Are you serious? Man, we better learn, start getting along now, because in heaven, we're, gonna, we're all going to be in one pot. <laughs> amen? I said amen. amen. Not at faith, you man. We don't treat you according to your color. The maroon are welcome. Purple, welcome. Yellow, welcome. We don't treat you according to you, uh, your social class. Everybody is welcome. You know why? Because the integral part of what we do as children of God is 
unity. And I'm telling you, we, we're not in competition with another church down the street. You know who we're in competition with? The bars and the pubs. We're not in competition with another church on the street. We're together. We're playing for the same team. And that's what the early church mastered early on. Right at the beginning, they realized, you know what? We all need to be in one place in one accord. And because of that, man, there's so many mighty miracles. Right now, the church, some don't believe you should be immersed. And some don't believe you should, some believe you should be sprinkled. And people will, will, will fight over things like that. Amen? Some don't believe you can wear jeans to church. You should wear a suit. And there are people who text me to say, you know what? Because of that, we're going to have division. We're going to have strive and beat them. Are you serious? Jesus didn't even wear a suit. He wore a dress. Are you going to pick on me for my jeans? Torn jeans. I'm going to rock my torn jeans. Amen? Who's going to pick on me? Jesus wore a dress. Maybe I should wear a dress. Let's see what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. My wife said maybe not. <laughs> but I'm telling you, we can't entertain strife. I said in the first service, the highest form of unity that we see demonstrated in the earth is between a husband and a wife. Scripture says in Genesis 2.24, Then shall a man leave his father and his mother, and he shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. When it, when it comes to husband and wife, it says one plus one equals one. The two shall become one flesh. What that means, literally, you are now one. Amen? Ah, I'm going to get into trouble, but I'm going to say it anyway. Don't log off. <laughs> what that means is, it's no longer my house. It's no longer my car. Oh, this one may get me into trouble. It's no longer my cell phone. touch myself. No, he says the two shall become one flesh. We are now one. It's our cell phone. I want to see what's on our cell phone. She is texting us. And we need to reply together. Two became one. But on a serious note, don't entertain strife. Man, don't entertain strife. Scripture says that uh, where there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. Don't entertain strife. Just don't entertain uh, uh, a division in your household. Man, if there is something you should preserve, it is unity and agreement. And Scripture says when you begin to operate at that level, man, it shall be done. He didn't say there's a good chance. He said it shall. And the lawyers here will tell you the word shall is a legal term. Which means there is no other way. This is happening. No way, Jose. This is happening. When two shall touch is agreeing on anything, it shall be done by their Father which is in heaven. I want to encourage you this this morning. That is you uh, get big dreams from God. You start to share with your friends. Man, be selective about who you share with. Be selective about who you bring in to pray with you. Find some good quality people who are fired up crazy enough to have enough faith to believe with you for the big thing. And I'm so grateful God has surrounded us with people who uh, just encourage us. People who tell us all the time, Matt, you're thinking too small. Come on, let's believe more. No one ever says, you know, around the people I share my dreams and I'm 
calling them in for prayer. No one ever says, man, that's way too big for God, brother. You just need to use some wisdom now. You know, wisdom. No one ever says that. They say, oh, too small. Come on, let's go for it. Those are the kind of people that you want. So you can hold hands and believe God together and see a change. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's awesome. I enjoyed that. We're going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, we just give you all the praise and all the glory for this word. Lord, we thank you, Father, that this word will not be stolen out of them, but, Father, that it will produce to some 30, to some 60, and to most a hundredfold. Lord, we thank you, Father. That every couple under the sound of my voice will begin to take these truths, these treasures to heart. And begin to value and treasure unity, agreement in their prayer line. Even as you instructed us in uh, 1 Peter 3 verse 7. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.